Hello and welcome to the Minter Dialogue Internet Show number 47. This interview is with Kathleen Mitchell, a former colleague from my L'Oreal days and now head of EMEA for Stella and Dot, an innovative company that is built on a direct sales model merged with social and e-commerce. Recognized as one of Inc. 500's fastest growing companies, Stella and Dot is paving a new way with a strong sense of mission and brand. It's an exciting business model. In this conversation, we discuss how Stella & Dot's model works, the keys to a success, as well as how they manage their social media strategy and a few other topics. It's a great entrepreneurial story. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Minter Dialogue Internet Show, where we discuss brand marketing with a focus on all things digital. I am Minter Dial, author of TheMindset.com, that's T-H-E-M-Y-N-D-S-E-T, where branding gets personal. You'll find the show notes on the blog for the upcoming interview. Let's cut to quick. Enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to the Minter Dialogue Internet Show. Today, I'm with an old friend from my L'Oreal days, Kathleen Mitchell, formerly Gillen, with whom I worked when I was in England, and we have a, a long past uh, in our days in L'Oreal. So Kathleen, it's a great pleasure to have you on board, and uh, tell us uh, who you are and what you do these days. So, uh, my name is Kathleen Mitchell, and I was previously the MD of Stella and Dot UK, and now my role just in the new year, Happy New Year everyone, has been expanded to, to take in our rollout throughout Europe, so I'm the VP of EMEA for Stella and Dot. So Kathleen, congratulations on the, on the new position. Um, so tell us about Stella and Dot. Stella and Dot is a really unique combination. Uh, we are a fashion company because we have amazing fashion-led jewelry and accessories that are sold exclusively through independent stylists. And these independent stylists, we, take, we took inspiration from the home-based business um, and supercharged it with e-commerce and social media. So it's a fashion company. It's a technology company because our stylists are able to sell through at-home trunk shows, but also through their own personal websites. But also at our heart, we are a people company because these independent stylists are independent entrepreneurs who are in control of their own destinies and are using Cell and Dot as a way to earn an extra income, but flexibly. Right. Tell us about the founding of the company. Yes. So, I mean, Jessica, the founder, yes. is, is, yes. Quite, is quite a phenomenon. Yeah. So, Jessica, I mean, she's a true – I think she's one of the world's true great entrepreneurs. And Jessica was – she dropped out of Stanford Business School to found her own – Another – wait, wait. Another yeah. dropout? How is it? The I great know, entrepreneur? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, she, she, while she was in business school, she, um, she had an idea. She saw that people were making more data-driven decisions. And she was one of – she founded what is now WeddingChannel.com, and she well, and then was then sold to the Knot. But it was an extremely successful um, way of, of people shopping, combining wedding lists, so Macy's and Crate and Barrel, and, and it was very revolutionary at the time because that was one of the first things to go online, and it was massively successful. Became then Wedding Channel, and then they went on to sell it to the Knot, but. Jessica at the time, you know, was in her 20s and, you know, working 100 hours a week and a truly a dot-com entrepreneur. And she was then looking for something you know, different herself when it, was, when it was being sold. But she had the opportunity to go on to Oprah. And because of that, she got a huge amount of attention from other women. They were highlighting successful women. It goes to show that being dot-com it's still good to have traditional media because that does have that wow effect. Oh, well, on Oprah, it's you know, ex extremely powerful and you know, it's just highly successful women. But because of that appearance on Oprah, Jessica was then approached by many women who said, 
wow, you own your own business. This is incredible. I want to do the same thing because I'm stuck in my corporate job or I'm doing whatever, and I have no flexibility. I have no... And she goes, well, hmm, it's what the crux of it is that women actually want to control their own destinies. They want to work, mm-hmm. but they want to have the opportunity to do it on their own terms. So she thought there was something in that. So that kind of, that was the kernel of the idea, and she wanted her next company to be, you know, all about this. So then um, she then followed her husband's career to Texas, mm-hmm. um, and she became an executive at Dell because one of her mentors said, if you want to run a big organization, you have to work in a big organization. Mm-hmm. So that was her time. And then, yeah, so she had, you know, two kids at the time as well, which, you know, she was having her second. And um, during that time, she was kind of incubating the idea at Dell and Dom. And while she was um, in this job, she happened to go to Dallas, and she was in a hotel where there was a home-based business convention, and it was Mary Kay. And she actually saw the, this, she never considered this, this model before, but she looked at it and saw the joy and the excitement in these women and how they were, you know, felt so empowered. And then she really became to look, began to look at this, you know, well-worn business path, but thought, you know, maybe we could work on the product, you know, certainly, and make it, uh, you know, appealing and, and design-led and so irresistible that it nearly sold itself. But then also nobody in that space had touched it with technology. So if you could supercharge it with the power of e-commerce, social media was just beginning to emerge. So, you know, a way to give these entrepreneurs um, a way to promote their business cheaply and, you know, free. For so then she went about, you know, saying, okay, jewelry is the thing because you wear it mm-hmm. and it's visible and it's easy to, to display and ship and everything. And so she went about, she started making the jewelry herself mm-hmm. and it wasn't, it wasn't nearly as pretty as it is now, but uh, she got the idea and she did, she had a pilot phase where she did 13 trunk shows in six weeks and she, she thought there was a magic to this social selling, this home base. Mm-hmm. And then um, Stella and Dot was born because she then made, met Blythe Harris. Who's, Can you tell us about why Stella and Dot? Because exactly, because then she met Blythe Harris, who's our chief creative officer, and Blythe ran jewelry for Banana Republic. Blythe is truly one of the leading jewelry designers in the world, and she just won um, you know, Most Innovative Accessories Designer um, by the yeah, Accessory Council of America, which is really prestigious. But Blythe and Jessica met up, and then they sell and dot, and they named sell and dot after their grandmothers. Very bold women with unique stories of, uh, yeah. So, so Stella and Dot is named after um, Jessica and Blythe's grandmothers. All right. So Stella and Dot, what yeah. size is the business today? So Stella and Dot well, globally is around $200 million, so just over $200 million, yeah. And yeah. you are responsible for now for EMEA. Yeah. So, and, and so in up until this point, so this is new, the EMEA thing, but um, up until this, this point, I've been responsible for the UK. We launched in the UK in uh, 2011, uh, in uh, October 2011, and in that time, we did like 1.2 million in our first six weeks, and yeah, we've done over 6 million in, in this year, so it's been great, it's been great, and we have 1,300 stylists. That's for the UK. For the UK alone. So um, tell us about the mix of business. I mean, I understand you you say jewelry. Mm -hmm. Is it 100% jewelry? And then would you tell us about the the channels, Mm -hmm. how how it falls through the channels for your business? Okay. So everything is about our stylists, um, but we support them through our fantastic e-commerce platform. 
So what we sell are we have jewelry uh, and accessories. We do handbags, we now do scars, we do tech cases. Now so check out our website, go to selling.co.uk and have a look. You know, definitely, you know, when Jessica was looking at the product line that would meet this cap this 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 product platform very well, um, you know, we saw a huge white space in this this market space in the fact that this affordable luxury jewelry. So that's what we sell, and then we've added on some of these of these additional accessories. And do you carry that concept of affordable luxury okay. into the accessories as well? I mean, is, that, is that really oh, a, a transversal concept? Our design process is very much um, like a, like that of a luxury brand. So everything we have a design studio based in New York. So our head office is actually based in San Bruno in San Francisco, right in the heart of technology. But our design is in the heart of design in New York City. And Blythe runs a team of world-class designers who've come from LVMH and Marc Jacobs and, you know, the list goes on. And everything is, is designed by our design team. It's modeled, made in our design center in, in New York, and then it's made in the best factories around the world. So 100% of your product is signed and uh, manufactured by you. So it's 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 designed by and manufactured in the best in the best factories and we and we use the same factories that you know many of the designer brands use. So this yeah. means because I mean if you look at, at the e-commerce models out there, mm-hmm. you are in control of your product line. You are therefore probably going to have more juicy margins as opposed to other companies that have to buy subcontracts. Well, we want to get value for, for everyone who's touched by Stella and Dot. So there's the great accessories, so style for a steal, because we don't have to give retailers, you know, these these incredible these incredible markups. So there's for our for our consumer, you're getting amazing great style for a steal. And as I say, we have a luxury process. Our product is luxurious in the end, but it's a very moderate price point. Um, then for our hostesses, so the, the, the women that actually host trunk shows in their homes and invite our stylists in, they get style rewards, so they get between 10 to 20 percent of the trunk show in free jewelry, mm-hmm. and then our stylists earn between 25 to 30 percent of what they sell. And we have many women now in the UK earning very lucrative incomes, um, and actually we, you know, we broke the 10,000 pound a month barrier for one stylist in, uh, or actually for several sites, but per stylist mm-hmm. in, uh, in November. So. And in terms, of, and the other opportunity is also in I would usually yeah. use the word godfathering, but maybe not the right term, godmothering, yeah. um, other stylists into your category. I mean, you bring in, bring in other people. You also yeah. get a cut. So, so then you can do this business incredibly part-time and flexibly. It's up to you. Your happiness is on, you know, your success is your happiness. So some people choose to do this very, you know, just sell the jewelry, do it. You do a trunk show every once in a while. Some people do this part time, you know, 10 to 15 hours a week, and some people do this very full time. Now, to build your income, if you um, you can then choose to introduce other people to the business and you coach them um, and coach them to success. And some people have you know teams of two, and some people have teams of 200 in the UK. So um, and then you can earn coaching coaching commissions on that. So just like uh, you know a FTSE 100 company where you have the, you have like an area sales manager and their sales reps, you know, it's it's the same. Thing. Well, I think the motivational levels are, are very different this yeah. from what you're telling me, right? So I want to go back to our mutual past yeah. at L'Oreal, and specifically, uh, we shared a particular yeah. passion together at Red King. Red King yeah. And you're talking about coaching, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm going to have to think that education is an enormous part mm-hmm. of, of how you the success. Yeah. You know, it's funny. What I've learned at Salon Dot has been incredible. And actually, I wish I knew then what I know now. 
because first of all, how we communicate. So we're communicating on a you know one-to-many basis all the time. So we really use what's available in technology to to do that. So we have a regular video buzz that goes out. You know, we tape a, you know quite a simple video. We we distribute it to them. How-to videos are on YouTube, right? Yeah, well, we do it, you know, we have it our internal Stellan.University, but we have all around the sort of methodology of doing our business, but then styling tips and that sort of thing. So really, to become a Stylist, it's really easy. We can show you everything you need to do. But the main thing is that we give a huge amount of recognition and kudos, and, you know, it's fun. And, um, you know, it's short. There's, there's no sticks. It's all carrots. So I'm going to be a little yeah. um, sexist. Or at least I'm going to talk about this yeah. because what you tell me about desiring flexibility, mm -hmm. taking control, uh, working for carrots mm -hmm. is kind of something that speaks to me as a man. Great. So we do have a few men. Well, no, but beyond that, it's sort of it, you know, because on the one hand, I'm thinking, well, oh, gosh, men should be learning from this style of management. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, I wish. I think this in you know when I was at L'Oreal, my sales team was predominantly men at, at a certain point, and actually I think these things absolutely work for everyone. But what we're feeling is a need that women have, particularly after they have kids, where they need more flexibility, but they still want to work. Um, but yes, we do have a few male stylists. You know, we say we have a few good men, so it definitely appeals. But I think because we are in fashion, and it's sort of something that's being sort of that's why you know the, our model appeals very much to women. So Again, thinking back to our past mm -hmm. in a large organization, which doesn't yeah. just obviously single out L'Oreal, what, what you are doing differently mm -hmm. is this sort of constant entrepreneurial spirit, mm -hmm. a mission that for me is, it speaks to me as yeah. an individual and, and clearly to the, the women who are working with the sides that are working with you. And, and you have this also a business model mm -hmm. that is, is radically different from what you see in the regular businesses. Mm -hmm. So uh, how do you, do you think that the big businesses could learn to do this kind of thing or is that something that you are going to be able to keep with you as a barrier to entry? I mean, I think um, could, could be companies operated. I think what's great about being in a company, we're fast, like we're being in cell and dot versus we are exceptionally fast. There's kind of no bureaucracy. Mm -hmm. We just get it done. There's not a lot of hierarchy and sort of kowtowing to that. Which is great because we just everything is for the benefit of you know the people I've already mentioned our stylists our hostesses and our customers so it's it's just interesting that that dynamic so it's all about you know making this a better company predominantly for our stylists and we keep that at our core and I think you know I think that I mean digging back to our L'Oreal days I think that you know we were we were in the professional products division so I think we were quite obsessed with that too but there was a lot of probably bureaucracy that well, didn't need to be yeah well, I mean when, when I've looked at and I will talk about a lot of entrepreneurs, yeah. and as you get to a certain size, mm -hmm. bureaucracy and titles mm -hmm. and, and different levels mm -hmm. start creeping in. The nature of the way your business is set up, for me, seems to provide for a much more uh, diluted uh, versions. So in other words, n n not as much hierarchy because of the nature of well, entrepreneurial exactly. independent spirit. And we're all we are all stylists at Stella and Dot. So Jessica does trunk shows. I do trunk shows. But it keeps us. The, the fact of the matter is, is that it's such an immediate feedback. We are we are intimately connected to our not only our fields mm -hmm. but our customers. So we can see it. We get immediate feedback straight away. So there's no need for you know vast expensive market research. We right. we can see it, touch it. And so when you're hiring, I mean, you yeah. talk about the word tribe, I yeah. saw in your manifesto, yeah. which is on the site, and I put a link to that as well. Um, what are the types of things you're looking for when you do you know, an interview? Yeah. How does it work? So in terms of our internal team, so 
anybody can be a stylist and you know it's really that's that's they self-select themselves and if you're kind of friendly and you like the jewelry and you have you know it's not a business that works when you when you don't but uh, and you're willing to put in a bit of effort then you can be a stylist and and that you go know, but if we're looking for our internal team it's you know we look for intellectual rigor you know because we move fast so you have to make good decisions you know intellectual horsepower is important here because this is a very smart business model we need smart people to, to drive it um, you know, a really strong work ethic, but a work ethic that's, that's beyond just putting in the hours. It's work ethic because you love it. And it's, and it's deep, being deeply rooted and connected to our mission. You know, there's a, a sensitivity to obviously our, the metier that we work in, which is fashion. So, which is, you know, but it's not all encompassing. You don't have to be a fashionista, but you have to have a, a love and a joy for, for what we do. And, um, you know, modern thinking, uh, you know, lo a love for embracing the newest and latest in technology. Like we're all on social media all the time. It's how we communicate. So it's just, you know, it's, we're not, it's, we're, we're not the easiest to hire for because, um, because we're, we're a totally new platform. We're a totally new model. So it takes, um, you know, the, the, the team require, you have to have a huge amount of heart, smarts, and, you know, goal-oriented. Like well, I mean, because, you know, you can't hire people with experience in your business model. I, I want to talk about the 1,300 stylists you have. Mm -hmm. You've got some good performers and less good performers. How do you do? You, do you, can you once a once a stylist, always a stylist? How does that work? So I'm gonna. There's got to be a culling process. It's up to them. It's up to them. So you sign up. It's 169 pounds, and for that you get your business in a box, as well as like a world class marketing team and a world class tech team, and um, and you get the samples you need to get started. You can then purchase other samples at 50% off. But it's really, um, you know, you get started. Some people, you know, about 20% of people who actually sign up never do anything. Right, because you get a lot of jewelry for quite a good price. So, 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 but we we factor that in. But um, you know, about 40 to 50 percent are people who are very we call them brand ambassadors, and they do a tr you know a couple of trunk shows every uh, every month, and that's perfect and great, and we love them, you know. Um, and then you have people who are doing you know going going gangbusters with it. So, um, so, so there's 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 leaders. You know, we have a leadership team in the UK of about 60 now, which is fantastic. Um, and these are people who've all decided to build teams and um, and are you know regularly um, you know having a very consistent business. Let me get into one other area, which is yeah. um, competition. Yeah. Because so you've got these stylists, and, and and I know that in your manifest you talk about we before yeah, I, I yeah. or we before me, I guess. Um, on the other hand, we have competition because you know who's the best. How do you manage that as Talon Dot? Okay, so we have a totally non-competitive culture. I mean, it's not to say that people, you know, we, we, we reward top sellers and top performers. People love, but it's a very, it's a culture whereby, for example, um, we're extremely equitable. If somebody wants to be, we have like meet, sell, and dot events whereby, you know, prospective stylists can come. And basically, you know, and these are con controlled by our stylists. And if new stylists come, basically what they do is they, they sort of, um, they're not fight scrambling over the stylist. They'll find the, the best person that they right. should be signed up under, right. you know? But it's, it's a completely because we're very, very keen on that. And it, it generates, say, for example, our team leaders have open team meetings. So you might have, you might, um, you know, we might have a, a leader in Manchester, you know, and I can think of Nikki Collinson right now, and she has people coming from her meeting that aren't in her team at all. Mm -hmm. uh, because we have open team meetings, because it's a culture of cooperation, and it's a business that means that you can sponsor someone in Aberdeen and know that, you know, Val Lawrence in Scotland 
will be looking after them, mm -hmm. even though you might live in Cornwall. Mm -hmm. All right. So you mentioned e-commerce, of course, mm -hmm. and my question is, what is the mix that is pure e-commerce versus through the stylist? How does that work? This is a great question because our it, in terms of our business, like consumers coming directly to us and placing an order on our website, you know, it's in the region of 10, 15%, but it kind of shifts from month, month to month. But the, the thing is that we will always then, that consumer who comes fresh to us, you know, most of our most of our customers come through stylists, right? Mm -hmm. Or um, order directly off their personal website. You know, what we'll, but we, we want people to have amazing service, exceedingly good service, and that will come with having a stylist. So what we do is if someone places an order through our website, they will automatically go to their nearest active stylist. So they, an email will be sent, and thankfully, so for example, I have a great story to share that happened over the Christmas period, Christmas Eve. Uh, and one of our stylists, or a couple of days before Christmas, one of our stylists got an email saying, you've had an order come through. And, you know, this delightful Sophie Mitchell uh, wrote an email to this guy uh, saying, I hope you're, you know, I'm, you know, assuming you brought these as a present. I hope you received them. And he goes, oh, help. I just, got a, I just got a note from UPS. They're letting me down. And apparently, I'm not going to receive them. Blah, blah, blah. And this, this, she emailed him on Christmas Eve. And right, she went, well, I don't live that close to you, but let me find someone who does. Mm -hmm. And she put an email out into the community. Well, she put it on Facebook into our network mm -hmm. and found someone who had those pair of earrings. And the stylist, who is not in her team, but drove to this guy's house and gave him her samples, you know? So it just, this, and this is how it all, you know, things happen. Sometimes UPS can't deliver, very rarely, I must say. But, um, but you know, this is a, a really great story. And this is, we have many, many, many examples like this, too. You know, we had a lot of panicked husbands on Christmas Eve that our stylists were, like, frantically delivering jewelry to. So. I'm going to guess that uh, men need some style advice as to what to buy as well. Exactly. What portion of your consumers are men? Um, you know, it's not. I don't have that figure top of me. It's it's smallish, but it does. It definitely spikes in the sort of Mother's Day, February for Valentine's Day and Christmas time. Absolutely. Right. So, um, logistically speaking, I know you yeah. you run out of San Fran. You have your design out of New York. Your e-commerce platform is managed how, and and to what extent is it adopt, uh, adapted? Sorry, to the UK market. You know, our platform is so our technology is pretty seamless, and it's. Our, all of our engineers are based in San Bruno because this is where, you know, it's the heart of technology. And um, it's, it, it's seamless. So our, we manage our shop here, but with the help of, of them in the, in the U.S. So who does your SEO, for example? Sorry? SEO is done locally. Um, it's all, it, that is done, you know, globally, actually. Globally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. And um, with our input, obviously, but it's done, it's done globally, yeah. What is the, when you talk about social, what is the team that runs your social? Because you have a presence on Pinterest, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. Uh, you've got a very lively presence. Who's running all that? You know, the thing, the fact about social media is that we are all at it. You know, we're on it personally and professionally. 
and we have our consumer brand manager. A, sl a portion of her job is social media. Do you all have admin rights in the team? Um, yeah, we do, just because sometimes on a Saturday night I'll see something that I want to tweet from Stella and Dot, but there's a few of us that have admin rights. But uh, generally it's, um, it's uh, our brand manager for consumer, but it's a part of her job. And the other thing is that we'll have a, we have a whole like, editorial calendar mm -hmm. for, for things, but we also want to be able to react live. But it's, you know, it looks like a lot, but actually it's, it's a slice of someone's job. Mm -hmm. not, it's not as hard. It's, it's, just, it's more about, when we say it, so and it's a lot, it's, it's to do it, you know? And a lot of people sometimes when it comes to social media, think about it a lot, strategize it, but it's more about just putting, putting information and interesting information mm -hmm. about you and, and engaging out there. And because uh, I know you have those presences just for the UK, mm -hmm. uh, do you have? A, is there a central organization? That, I mean, I know it's you're not talking about a high organization, but mm -hmm. do you have a feed from the US into yeah. your content? So, so what we do is um, we think it's very important for you know everything to everything consumer and such to be tailored. So you know, in terms of like the back office stuff, the engine, that's pretty much the same. But everything, the content is very much tailored per country. Mm -hmm. So um, so we definitely there is a wonderful, you know, director of social media in the US that we will get, you know, the plans from, mm -hmm. but we will tailor it to our markets. I, when I looked on Pinterest, I have to point out a couple of pages that really talked to me. One is words we live by, yes. which um, I thought was neat because you got that sort of values, mission statement, that's the first board that you have. Yeah. And the second one I personally liked was the festival style. Right. <laughs> Maybe because I'm an old deadhead, but um, who, who chooses those boards? So we've got a great marketing team and we've got, so our consumer uh, media person here, um, you know, and it's just curated by us and sometimes we'll find stuff, like, I've, you know, we find stuff ourselves and send it along to Sophie and, you know, it's kind of a team effort, but it's one person who controls the output, yeah. you know? Well, I think my, my, my experience is that you do need to have multiple people involved, that social media needs to be we more than me, exactly. and, and, but making that process work is yeah. not necessarily yeah. so obvious. But then there's also, we do a lot of social media, on, so there's the kind of the consumer stuff, but then there's also what's happening with our stylists. Mm -hmm. So we have a, a whole, a closed leader network on Facebook. Most of our leaders have their own Facebook uh, fan, Facebook sites, closed groups for their um, for their teams as well, mm -hmm. and it's just interesting. So we get a lot of feedback and, dial and talk about immediate feedback. You get it straight away, and it's pretty interesting. We just did like a leader day yesterday, and right after. So this was for you know a star in about this for people who have four people, four qualified people on their team. But it was great. The leader network is is wider than that though. Mm -hmm. But right after this training. Mm -hmm. These leaders were disseminating what had been what they had experienced in that day, right? Which you know, we, big business could be doing a lot more of too. Exactly, it's just immediate. We don't really have a fear over it. We don't, and we're not, you know, we're not cautious. Like we we're very, we're very, we're we're very open and transparent about what we do because we have this, we have our stylists that need the information. Mm -hmm. All right, so um, last question, Aria, is just what are the growth plans? You have this new job. Uh, what are your priorities and where is your growth going to come from? So our growth is... That you can tell us about. Yeah, yeah. So that we can tell you about is you know, we've just recently launched in Germany. So we're extremely... And Germany is obviously a massive market. So we're you know, really going to be accelerating the growth there in 2013. You know, we want to really grow in the UK as well. So this is probably, you know, doubling in size in uh, in 2013 in the UK. You know, 
going faster and further in Germany. We want to tag on, you know, we want to launch the Republic of Ireland as well, um, because a lot of synergies between the UK and, and Ireland. And we also are, will be launching in France. Ah, les Français aussi. When's that for 2013? 2013, yeah. Look, I'll look out for that. Yeah. So, Kathleen, um, how can anyone follow you or get in touch with you if they're interested in working or following what's going yeah, on? Great. So, I'm on Twitter at Kathleen to go. Um, you know, you can find me on Facebook, Kathleen Gillen Mitchell. Um, and that's the best way to keep in touch with me. Brilliant, Kathleen. It's Thank lovely you. to have you on the show. I appreciate it. And I uh, look forward to following the success of Stella and Dolly. Great. Thanks, Minter. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for having listened to this recording of the Minter Dialogue radio show. You'll find the show notes on themindset.com, T-H-E-M-Y-N-D-S-E-T, where you can also sign up for my weekly newsletter. If you like the show, please don't forget to click the handy Facebook like button or tweet it out. And if you speak French, you can find my other French language interviews on minterdial.fr. In the meantime, please come join the conversation at The Mindset or catch me on Twitter at M-D-I-A-L. Happy trails. Welcome, change agents, to your go-to place for stories that ignite your spirit, fuel your purpose, and connect us all. We believe in the incredible power of the human spirit, its boundless resilience, and the inspiration it brings to our lives. On the Driving Change podcast, we'll journey together through the extraordinary yet very relatable experiences of some of the most amazing people on earth. Our mission? That through these stories, we might just spark change within you and awaken a newfound motivation to harness your unique gifts to make a real difference in the world. So get ready to be inspired and join us on this incredible adventure. You can find the Driving Change Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you love listening to your favorite podcasts.